1: The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
0: Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I am really excited for this episode, as you know, I always get so excited for our episodes. Um, We have been focusing on a lot of women this summer, and you know, why not? Women are the best. Um, We are going to be sharing episodes with men soon, but right now, today's episode is with Claire and Erica, and they are just brilliant. And something that we talked about on the episode is not wanting kids and how that can can and is so normal and it's not talked about. And I don't really think that I shared my views on it, but you know, I have always pictured having kids. Like, that's just something that has always been a part of my story that I told myself. But I do think that it's okay if someone doesn't want kids. And I remember I had a roommate years ago who was like, I don't want kids. And I was like, oh, that's because you're selfish in my head, obviously not to her, because I'm afraid of confrontation. And I realized that that's not that's not the right thing to think. Like maybe they're the opposite of selfish. Maybe they know that they won't be able to provide a good life for their kid, or they won't be able to give the love that the kid needs. And maybe that's why they don't want to have kids. Like we need to think outside the box about these things and not be so judgmental. So I just wanted to get that out there. And then you guys wanted me to talk about sabotaging relationships in your head. I mean, I'm the queen of sabotaging relationships in my head. I was actually, it was so funny. I was just watching TV with my boyfriend yesterday and like, we spend so much time together. It's, it's unwell, like we need to stop, but we're living with my parents and like, we're living together and you know, it's quarantine. And he was like texting someone and like, I didn't know who he was texting. Like, for the first time ever, because we're usually on top of each other. But we were like, I was in the middle of the couch and he was on the side. And I was like thinking to myself, oh my God, he's texting someone else. Like, who is he texting? He's texting about me. He's doing this. And I was like, why am I sabotaging this relationship in my head when normally... I wouldn't even know who he's texting because we wouldn't be spending this much time together. He'd be at work during the day. I'd be running around working during the day. Like, why am I thinking about these things? I love to sabotage in my head and I love to just like psych myself out and it's so unhealthy. And luckily, like I work with a therapist who has taught me, you know, methods in order to stop doing this. It's like, you can't sabotage in your head because you need to think about like the goal, And what's the goal? It's to get along. So stop sabotaging. We can't focus on thoughts and feelings that aren't real. We can only focus on facts. So like if this person's dating you and they're living with you, they probably aren't texting someone else. Do not get crazy in your head the way that, you know, we all can be. Distancing from friends who don't take care of their mental health. It's so hard. I feel like you know, everyone who kind of distanced themselves from me when I was depressed, I still have a grudge against. And that's not, I mean, that's like, that's really not mentally healthy. But, you know, I, I guess that's not true. I think it was like everyone, like once I started working on myself and my mental health and seeing a therapist, I was happy to, like, I I was fine with, you know, I, I was more bearable. But, I guess when I was like in my really depressed state and friends weren't there for me, I was upset with them. But I guess I was less upset with the friends who weren't there for me and more grateful for the friends who were there. And, you know, I'm still friends with them today and I love them to death. And I'm so grateful that like even at my worst, they were there for me and they loved me. And I was not easy to be around. Um, So I don't know. I mean... I guess you have to distance yourself to an extent. I mean, you can't spend all your moments with someone who's really down and, and depressed because then you're that's going to rub off on you. But at the same time, you know, you want to make it clear to that friend that they need to get help for their own benefit. Like, I remember I had friends who were like, you should see a therapist. And I was like, no, fuck you. You should see a therapist. And they were like, I do. And that's why I'm telling you to see a therapist. You just don't want to be that person in your friend group that everyone is going to therapy because of. Does that make any sense? Like, I remember at one point I was fighting with all my friends or like in my mind I was fighting with all my friends and I was like, oh, they're all just all so like no one cares and, you know, no one does enough. And like no one gets it. And it's like, well, if you're fighting with all your friends, you should probably look towards yourself. Um, Someone else wanted me to talk about Sharing my thoughts on dating for fun in your mid-20s and other different ages. Hmm. I never... Like, it's funny. I I never really dated for fun. Like, I only ever dated someone that I was like, I could marry this person. But I was so idealistic in my early 20s. And, you know, I think... I think I dated for fun before I was 25. And I dated people that I would for sure never end up with. I mean, I dated like an Australian ex-Olympian swimmer who for sure had a girlfriend and like did I think we we're going to get married? No. But yeah, I mean I think post 25 it was really hard for me to understand the point of dating for fun. I was like what do you mean? Like I'm, you know, almost 30, which is so ridiculous cuz I had 5 years until. And I was like there's no dating for fun. Like you have to be serious. Like you can't just like fuck around like I remember I went to Art Basel one year with a group of girlfriends who were single and I had a boyfriend and I was like not even really happy in my relationship, but I just knew that like he was someone I could marry and that's why I was with him. And they were like, why don't you just like come out and like have fun and like hook up with random guys and like you don't need to like be in a relationship. And I'm like, no, you don't get it. Like I do. I can't just like have fun and blah, blah, blah. And looking back, like, yeah, I could have had fun. Like you know? Um, but I think it depends on who you are. Like I was just someone and am someone that like takes relationships seriously. So to me, like, I'm not going to start introducing you to my family and like having you, you know, intertwine with my life. If I don't see a future with you, I just like, I don't understand why I would want to do that or anyone would want to do that. But you know, people do, I guess. So a lot of you guys have been asking me, first of all, how I wear so many necklaces and don't get them tangled. And at first I was like, what do you mean they never get tangled? And now they get tangled every day. So cool. But the reason that I am so into jewelry is because I don't really dress up too much. I don't wear a lot of makeup and I love a minimal look. But when I wear jewelry, I feel like dressed up. And one of the pieces that you guys have asked me about is my horizontal bar necklace from Majuri. If you don't already know about Majuri, I talk about it all the time. It's fine jewelry for every day. So for someone like me, who's like kind of minimal and likes like a chiller vibe, Majuri is perfect for you because not only is it priced really well, but it's Handcrafted and it's ethically sourced and made to last. So you can get, you know, anything from like really sweet, like not too intense light hoops and like barely their chains. You could get really good layering rings. Like if you want to get a couple of rings at a time, perfect. Majuri's for you. Um, for me, I love my horizontal bar necklace that I engraved with my nickname Linny. And then I also have the stack rings. And I have the bee ring that I always talk about. I love bees. Um, I know it's very weird, but everyone loves their Majuri pieces that they've gotten so far. The feedback from you guys has been amazing. So definitely check it out. And um, Majuri has new stacks for like August and, you know, new gemstones. They've got the chunky hoop earrings as well. And um, you really never have to worry about taking it off. Like I shower with it. And it never gets um, messed up. Like I wear, I wear this stuff at all times. So I really want you to enjoy Majuri the way that I do. And I also want to give you 10% off your first order. All you have to do is go to majuri.com slash acme10 for 10% off your first order. So M E J U R I dot com slash acme 10 for 10% off your first order. Don't forget the 10. In the past, it was just Acme, but we changed it to Acme 10. So do not forget Majuri.com slash Acme 10. You'll get 10% off your first order. Tag me so I can see what you bought. They also offer free easy returns and a two-year warranty. So check it out. Majuri.com slash Acme 10. Someone asked, um, how to not let boys and dating affect your anxiety. I mean, again, this goes back to therapy, but also like know your worth. Like if you know your worth, it doesn't matter, you know, who breaks up with you or this or that. Like, you know that you're amazing. I remember, you know, when I got like brutally dumped out of nowhere and it definitely affected me because I was like, well, first of all, this guy was definitely like I just you know I was like better than this guy and and I was like the one convincing myself to date him and then all of a sudden he broke up with me so that was really bad but then I was like you know what I have great friends I have a job that I like and anything else that I don't like I'll change and work on and not let this idiot affect me like you you know you have to have this like instilled sense of like knowing how great you are and also like If someone doesn't like you, fine. It's like that line, rejection is your protection. Like, obviously, it's because there's something better for you out there. So you just need to be aware of that. Post first date etiquette if you like them and want to see them again. Um, Wait for them to text you, obviously. And then be engaging and funny and ask them questions. Does moving in with your significant other make you nervous? It's so funny because I asked a question like this. I was like, moving in soon with your significant other, you're feeling nervous. Is that a red flag? Because someone submitted it. And all these people were like, don't be nervous. It's going to be great. I'm actually, I'm not nervous about it because right now we live with my parents, which like is 100% worse than just living the two of us. And we have so much fun together. And it's just crazy because in all my relationships in the past, my fun was had when we were at like a social event or, you know, out together or on a double date. And I remember like whenever I was with them alone, I was like, oh, this is okay. You know, whereas in my relationship now, like I have more fun with him alone than I do at any social event at anything. So like we were at a dinner the other night and we both just could tell that we would rather be, you know, in bed doing like, I don't know, crossword puzzles and things like that and just like watching our shows and just being weird together because we have so much fun just the two of us and like whenever we go out and do anything even if it's like with our best friends who we love like we'll get back in the car and we'll be like oh I'm so happy we're us you know and it's like this feeling that's so nice because I never I would never was like settled being with just the person that I'm dating like I always felt like oh if like my best friend was here too you know and like So I feel like moving in with him is just going to be an extension of that. Like, will we fight sometimes over stupid things for sure, but I think it's just going to be so fun and it's going to be like a really easy transition, which I'm grateful for and excited for self pleasure during COVID. I mean, I hope you're masturbating. I don't know what you mean by self pleasure, but definitely masturbate. I know we're over 10 minutes, so I just want to read two more entanglements. We talked about this a little bit on the last episode, I mean, what is an entanglement? Like you're either cheating or you're not. I don't, you don't like get entangled with someone else. Like that's not a thing. I don't know why it's trying to be a thing. I don't know why we're trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. Gift giving. What do you expect from your boyfriend for your birthday? How do you hint that you want more? Hmm. Well, you can't really do that. You got to accept what you get. And, um, you know, I remember an ex of mine, for my first birthday, when we were dating, got me like this really, really nice trip somewhere. And I was so like, ecstatic and just like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And then for the second birthday that I had while we were dating, got me like this really not on the same level type of thing. And I was like, okay, you know, and I don't know, looking back, I'm like, was it a reflection on how they felt about me? Or like, do you just go big in the beginning and then like less and less? I don't know. And like, I don't think that material items should show someone how you love about them or how you feel about them rather. I think that if like your love language is gift giving, then be like, it makes me so happy when you give me a gift. Like it makes my day. But I wouldn't like hold too much weight on that. Casual hookups, if they can turn into relationships or if they'll always be about sex. I have this theory that I'm sure you've heard before on the podcast, which is that they can turn into more if the ca- the casual hookup likes you more than you like them or like if they're younger and like the power dynamic is that you're in charge. Whenever I had like fuck buddies or hookups, like I made sure they were always younger and like not as into it as I was because I always felt like if one of us is going to catch feels, I don't want it to be me. Um, But again, like I was so like self-preserving when I was dating. And like maybe, you know, things could be different if it's someone that like you're friends with that you end up hooking up with. Anyway, I don't know why I'm rambling. Uh, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. It's really a great one. And we answer a lot of your questions as well. So enjoy. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I am so excited to be here with hosts of our Thing or Two podcast, Erica and Claire. Hey ladies. We are Hi. so excited to be here too. Thanks for having us. Thanks for being here. Um, So we just finished recording an episode for a Thing or Two and that was really fun. So if you haven't listened to the podcast or even if you have, you should Definitely listen to that episode. Definitely, Um, we gave some. uh, We we had a really illuminating conversation about dating apps that I feel like everyone needs to. uh, I feel like I learned so much in those sixty seconds alone, Lindsay. (laughs) (laughs) So, let's let's start with the basics, some little background info. So, we'll start with you, Erica. How old are you, and where are you from?
1: It took me like a pause to think. I'm thirty seven, and I am from Peoria, Illinois, which is basically the very middle of the Midwest.
0: Very cool, very cool. And what about you, Claire?
2: I am thirty six, which I only know because Erica's thirty seven. Otherwise, I cannot keep track of my
0: age. And
2: I'm from Wilmington, Delaware, where Joe Biden awesome. is also from.
0: You are right. Yeah, uh, go Biden, but uh, not to get political. Um, <laughs> where everybody what? on this Zoom
2: call is voting for Biden, I feel safe. Right, to right, say, right. To um, say.
0: I hope so. Um, so what are your current relationship statuses? Even though I know the answer. Mm. I am married and so I'm married to my college
1: boyfriend. We have been dating together since 2005. Um, oh, so shit. a damn long time. And we got together the like winter of my senior year of high school or me, high school, senior year of college and dated long distance for two years. And then
0: he moved to New York and we got married like seven or eight years later. Wow. Are there any kids in the picture just out of curiosity? No. And I
1: don't want kids. Wow! Um, oh,
0: yeah. oh, I want to unpack that. Yeah, 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 and and Claire, what about you?
2: I am married to a, someone that I met in 2011 at a wedding.
0: Is that accurate?
2: Yeah, spring yeah. of 2011. Um, we got married in 2014. I was so into him when we met, but so not into the idea of dating. I had just gotten out of a really long, like, bad relationship. And I was super psyched on the idea of being single and dating a million people. So I was kind of a jerk to him for a while. And then... Finally committed, and as soon as I committed, was like, okay, I'm in this. Like,
1: let's do this. Let's get married. Let's be together forever. And like she wasn't sure if they were dating, and then when then one day she told me they were moving in together, and I was like, oh. And she was like, what? <laughs> what? It's like, nah. why are you so
2: surprised? Um, and yeah, we have an 18 month old son.
0: That's so cute, and I also love that you were like in the mindset that you wanted to date a lot of people when you met him, mm-hmm. because I feel like that's always like you know, people will reach out to me and be like, oh, I just got out of a relationship. Like when can I start dating? And I'm like yesterday, you know, (laughs) like because you are in this prime position where like you don't care too much, you know, and like that's hot. Like you're not going to be like obsessing over anyone. You're not going to be too much too soon with anyone because like you have your own things to deal with, which is kind of a blessing. You can legit have fun with
2: it. Yeah,
0: exactly. So much
2: fun. It's the best distraction. It's great.
0: It's the best. So I have to ask, and we were going to get into it on your podcast, but I was like, no, 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 we got to wait. <laughs> when are your birthdays?
1: I'm February 2nd.
0: Okay. So you're an Aquarius. Uh-huh. What do you, th- what do you think
1: that I am? I was thinking
0: Gemini, but I'm really not sure.
2: I'm an Aries, March 23rd.
0: Oh, epic, epic. <laughs> Is it? You guys are you guys are really good together like as co-hosts. Um those two signs, oh, Aries and Aquarius. Amazing that good. we've
2: actually never explored our zodiac compatibility despite having I'm written so an entire surprised. book about We wrote a book called Workwife all about female partnerships in the workplace based on the success of ours and yet we've never explored whether or not our zodiac signs I, are compatible. I I love
0: that. And also I want to talk a little bit about Workwife because when I first heard the name, I was like, "Oh, we're finally talking about like guys who like you know really get too close <laughs> with people at work," <laughs> and and then when I read more about it, I was very excited that it was about you know female relationships. Um, but so, where did you guys work, if you're allowed to say um, that you connected?
1: Yeah. So we ran our own company called Of A Kind for 9 years. And it was an e-commerce startup, like internet company, um, that we founded in 2010. And then we sold it to Bed Bath & Beyond in... um, Why am I getting like... Why are you here so hard today? (laughs) 2015. We sold to Bed Bath & Beyond in 2015 um, and then ran for 4 years while we worked there. So we really got to experience... You know, We were friends for a long time before we started the business together. Um, and so we really got to experience the, having a peer friendship, then having you know a startup business partnership, and then working together within a large company. And large companies just really aren't built for partnerships in that way and sort of navigating how to operate as a duo in an environment not built for duos.
0: That's so interesting. Yeah. What were you going to say, Claire? Just after running a company
2: together for that long, you start to realize you're like,
0: Oh... Our lives are so
2: intertwined at this point it's like having a second spouse like if Erica has a big life thing happening it's impacting me in a really big way and vice versa like when I got pregnant it was like the conversations we had around what that was going to look like how we were going to manage this big shift in the dynamic and all of that it was intense and it was writing the book was this really therapeutic practice of realizing like oh, it's okay to take this relationship and this commitment really seriously and to talk about it the same way we would talk about the various things happening in our lives with our spouses because we are financially intertwined and we're professionally intertwined and we're emotionally intertwined. And so, of course, all of these like things that are happening in our lives have to be shared with each other and we have to take them into consideration.
1: My husband, yeah. at some, my husband's, an economist, and at some point he was applying for academic jobs, which you know is a crazy process. It means applying to places all over the country, basically. And there was a moment where it looked like something in upstate New York was somewhat promising. And, you know, I was like talking it through with Claire and being like, I don't know, I feel like that's like more reasonable than a lot of these places. And like, I guess we could like live in Hudson and commute and blah, blah, blah. And Claire was like, if you, if you move to Hudson, I'm moving to Hudson. And I was like, wow, this is just like not a thing friends talk about typically. Like this is not the typical relationship um, that well, we it's have here.
2: Also funny because going through all of that, which was such a stressful time for Erica, which just realizing like, my, like I might have to move in six months or my husband and I might live in different places in six months. I'm listening to it all as a friend, right. And wanting to like be supportive and sympathetic and offer advice. But I can't be just that because also whatever happens, it was going to impact my life too. And what did end up happening was that for a couple of years, Erica and her husband were long distance and he was living in Minnesota for a lot of it. And so that meant Erica was working from Minnesota part, you know, some of the time and back and forth. Yeah. And so it was like, of course, I was able to think about it as a friend and have the sympathy for the hardship of all of that. But we're also at the same time having the conversations of like, how are we going to manage this? And what is that going to look like? And like me encouraging her to go work from Minnesota and being supportive of that in a way that looks totally different from if you are just a friend who does not work together and is not so impacted by these decisions.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And do you guys have like two female co-founders that you look up to?
1: Mm, Great question. I mean, we have a lot of them, you know, the most iconic ever Oprah and Gayle in terms of people who like Mm. have worked together, but then are also friends, obviously.
0: Um, And potentially lovers. (laughs) Could be. We can
1: hold out hope. Yes. Uh, (laughs) We can hold out hope.
2: Two that are in our book that we end up referencing so often are Amanda uh, Hesser and Meryl Stubbs, who are the co founders of Food 52, who, like mm. us, really take their relationship so seriously and think about it a lot and have done a lot of work on it. And interviewing them was really inspirational to us, in part because Meryl had two kids after they had started Food 52. And at the time we were interviewing them, and ni- neither of us had kids, but I knew that I might want to have them one day, and Erica knew, and I knew that she didn't ever want them, and so we got a lot of inspiration and good advice from them around navigating that.
0: Yeah, and Erica, you mentioned that you don't want kids. Yeah, and I love that, like you, you know, know what you want, and I think that's so fucking cool. Um, I wonder though, because you you met your husband in college, like, was that something you knew way back then? Um, or is it something that you kind of recently came to realize? I, I weirdly did know way back then I've known
1: since I was 18 and I couldn't tell you where this like feeling or sense came from. I just like had this innate idea that like, that's just maybe not for, that's just like not for me. And I babysat a lot and spent a lot of time around kids and, you know, had enough exposure, I think to have thought about it, at least in some like Lizard brain way. So when my husband and I started dating, I was able to articulate that. But also, he's two years younger than me. So we started dating when I was 21 and he was like 19. And I have always worried about the fact that, you know, I planted that seed in his brain at a point in time when dudes especially probably hadn't you know weren't making conscious decisions around those things and so it's a conversation we have to have pretty regularly of just or at least it's a conversation I feel like I have to have regularly of like poking him being like but you you still don't want to have kids or that has that changed or all of that
0: mm. and if that did change mm. what would
1: you do I have no idea honestly yeah. I have no idea
2: He can borrow mine yeah, (laughs) if he changes his mind.
1: And you know what he has always said, um, which I found to be interesting, is that he never, when he was like little, you know, 10 or 11 or whatever, and would picture his life growing, like when he was older, he always pictured a partner, um, but he never pictured kids, which is at least like, gives me some comfort that this isn't just, you know, me having exerted influence over this.
0: Yeah. I also think like it's so amazing that you know that you don't want to have kids and you don't have them as opposed to someone who's like, oh, I don't really like kids, but like I'm just going to have kids because that's like what I feel like I need to do. And then like I'm going to be a shitty mom because I'm going to resent the fact that I have kids. And then like the cycle continues. Yeah. And I feel like so many people do that. Like I remember I was having a conversation with a friend once and I was like, you should have to take a test to have kids. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's crazy. Everyone, anyone can have a kid. Yeah. Like, you yeah, know. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's just dangerous. Well, we talk about this so much on the podcast. Like,
2: every decision you make as a, A modern consumer, you research to death, right? Like you look it up on Instagram and then you look it up on Yelp. And like this is just like for where you Vitamix you're gonna buy is exactly
1: something you have more insight into than deciding whether or not to
0: have a child.
2: Yeah. And then there's just nothing to know whether or not you're gonna like being a parent.
0: There's no way of researching that really. Right. And you can return the Vitamix if you Mm -hmm. get the wrong one. Mm -hmm.
1: Totally like you, you can't know, return kid, the kid, a
0: kid. Not so much. Yeah, no. I think and I have to. Yeah, no, go ahead. Um,
1: Something else that has come up a lot in talking about wanting to have a kid or not have a kid. Because I don't, there's, I think there are a lot of assumptions that like, oh, you, like, what did your parents do to you? Or like what, was, like, what was so bad about your childhood? Because I mean, there are a lot of people who do have those experiences of, um, of maybe not coming from households that were nurturing or supportive um, or you know, not liking what it brought out in their own parents. And for me, it was, it's almost the opposite of feeling like I grew up in a household where I felt very supportive and understood how much time and energy and sacrifice that takes um and mm-hmm. how much you really have to prioritize being a parent if you want to be a good parent and put so many other things aside.
0: Yeah. No, it's true. And I mean like it's interesting because some people will do the opposite of what you feel and think, right? Like you have success and you don't have a kid and some people will have a kid and they don't need, feel the need to like, you know, try to get successful business wise and that's fulfilling enough for them. So it's just really just goes to show like everyone is fulfilled in different ways and, you know, and then there's someone who needs it to have it all to be fulfilled. Yep. Um, and there's no, there's no right or wrong. I don't think. Agreed. So I always ask people to kind of submit what they would like us to chat about. And, um, someone, wants to hear your opinion on living with friends. Did you guys ever live with friends like, you know, before living with your man's? And what was that like? Erica, you lived in the Barbie dream house. Oh my gosh. All your- I
1: did I did. Um I lived with the yeah, the most people I've ever lived with was three friends. I mean, I think living with friends allows you to get to know people so much better, which has its pros and cons, right? <laughs> <laughs> Like you you form these bonds, you form these relationships, you really understand how someone operates and what makes them tick. But then you also see like all of the flaws and the ways that they interact in a day-to-day way and the way that they avoid certain problems or procrastinate or whatever it is. Um, and I think we both are really close to people that we lived with at certain points and both are not at all close with other people that we've lived to at certain points.
2: That's the thing. I feel like, so I have... I only lived with friends in college and one of those people that I lived with all through college is one of my closest friends in the world. And the other people that I lived with in college are the only people that I've ever had like actual intense falling outs with. Um, Ooh, yeah. And like friend breakups. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the thing I will say, I think if I could go back, cause I go back and I'm like, God, I would have hated living with myself then. And I feel terrible for everybody who had to live with me because I don't know. I was an idiot in college, but I think if I could go back and give advice to my younger self it would be to live with someone who's better than you <laughs> who's just going to like make you better and who will set a good example and hold you to a higher standard which is sort of my advice for like any sort of partnership whether it's business partnership or or romantic relationship or whatever. But living with somebody is such an intense experience you in the same way that we were talking about, you know, being a business partner with somebody just everything you do impacts the other person. And so better to have someone who's going to make you better than someone who's going to drive you crazy or drag you down to and, you know, give, infect you with their bad habits.
0: Yeah, I, I refuse to live with any friends um, because I was so scared. So I would live with like a friend of a friend Mm -hmm, who like we had our own separate lives and that seemed to work out. But I do really agree with what you said, Claire, about like in any relationship, you, th- not that like you want them to be better than you, but someone once said to me, um, they were like, Do you like your partner? And I was like, Yeah, this was when I was with my ex. Um, and I was like, Yeah, obviously, you know. And they were like, Do you want to be like your partner? And I was like, No, <laughs> I don't want to be like him. Yeah, like I. I know. And they were like, well, that's a problem. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, why would I want to be like my partner? Like, that's so lame. Like, why can't I just like be my own person and they can be their own person? And they were like, because when you like, if this is your forever, you're going to be like them because you're going to spend enough time together that you're going to rub off on each other. And if you don't want to be anything like this person, You're fucked, essentially. Yeah. Well, and you want them to be like aspirational too. Um, you want Mm
1: -hmm. them to help you, them push you forward in you know some direction. Um, That's really
2: good advice.
0: Yeah, Yeah. totally. I will also
2: just say, if the question is, should you live with friends? My answer is honestly, probably no. I think especially after college, like college is such a social time, and it's like you're going to end up living with a friend afterwards. No, no, and I've seen so. I I have two really close Mm -hmm. friends who. Live decided to live together. We all knew it was a disaster. They're no longer speaking, and it has totally screwed up our friendship or like, you know, the group text dynamic is done. Um, and right. yeah, I just don't think it's worth it,
0: yeah. it's just only horror stories. And then, like, even if, like you get you make it out, I just feel like you're like you're holding so much back, that yes. you wanted to say, oh,
2: it took years after they moved out from, from each other to then actually have the true friend breakup. But there was so much resentment from when they lived together that had been holding right. on that whole time, just harboring, I mean, harboring, it's, harboring. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's nuts. Yeah. Um, someone wants to talk about feeling like you love your significant other way more than they love you. Um, that to me, and like, you know, as I mentioned before, like I'm really traditional. Um, that to me is a huge red flag. I think um, like, I think you know, if anyone should love, you know, one more than the other, it should be them to you. Mm -hmm. But um, that's because I'm like, ah, like I'm still always like kind of protecting myself. And my grandma was like, the man has to love the woman more. And um, I mean, I think it comes the
1: question was like feeling like the person mm -hmm. like you love the person more. And I think it, it becomes a question of is this just a insecurity of yours? Like, is this your own shit to work through? Or is this, you know, actually like a lack of affection or lack of feeling? Because also people show love different ways. And so how, you, how are you to say, how can you actually measure how much someone loves you?
0: I also- know th- that's so true. I think
2: it changes, right? Over the course of a relationship, like these dynamics shift and go back and forth. And that's part of the dance that you do.
0: Yeah. Like there has to be an ebb and flow mm-hmm. for things to be perfect. I, I believe in the ebb and flow, but then like end of the day, they right. should love you more. <laughs> but, but no, but I think, I think like ebb and flow is so crucial. Like, like maybe, you know, you're just having one of those like needy weeks. Yep. Like, you know what I mean? Yep. And you're just like, ugh, like, you're kind of like, you're not into yourself and as a result, like they feel the energy and they're like, Neh. but like you're so into them because like they're like on top of their shit, right. you know, and then like there's another week where it's the other way around. Um, but someone once gave me the advice, like you can't both quit on the same day or something. Mm-hmm. And and that's such a good call. And I also feel like that applies to like mood. Like you can't both be in a bad mood. Yeah. Like if one of you is in a bad mood, the other one better put on their like happy face and, you know, carry the gang but I feel like if both of you are in a bad mood, that that's like, you know, dangerous territory. This is something we've
1: talked about a lot in our interpersonal relationship, um, especially as it came when it came to running a business of, you know, obviously running a business, there's so many highs and lows, right? And talk about ebb and flow and just like feeling like you're like feeling like things are going amazingly and then things like feeling like it's crumbling and going to shit. And you can't both feel like it's going to shit on the same day if I feel that way, Claire has to be the one that's like, no, but we have this going on and this is happening Mm. and this is great or vice versa.
0: Yeah, exactly. Someone asked to talk about saying I love you and the other person hasn't said it back. Um, Have you guys, were you the first ones to say I love you in your relationships? How did that go down? If you remember, I can't remember at all. Claire, can you remember? Eh. I
2: can remember. I said it first, but I know that we were also still in a place where we were recover like the um the, the dynamic, the specter of me having held him at arm's length for the first six months of us dating or however long it was was still there. So I felt very comfortable saying it. Um
0: I
1: see. And like it needed to happen, maybe. Yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. But like, okay, and and I and I think that's great. And I feel like your dynamic was perfect with him, but let's say it was like, the other <laughs> way. Far from it far from no but it. you know yeah. what I mean yeah, like, yeah, perfect yeah, I like you had yeah. the upper hand in that yeah. situation but let's say that it was reversed right and you had said I love you to him and he was the one that was like I want to date a million people I'm not ready yeah. and then change his mind like what would you now do like are you ending this are you waiting for him to say it back and by the way I don't I this is why I advise against saying I love you first but again I'm traditional and I get shit for it for a reason
2: I mean, if I'm being honest about how I would react, I know I would withdraw. I would like not end it immediately, but I know I would all of a sudden just like, yeah, retreat. Um, I'm not saying that's the right thing to do. Eric and I have both been reading a lot of romance novels lately um, because it's our quarantine coping mechanism. And in plenty of these romance novels, I feel like one person says, I love you way before the other person does. And it's just fine and accepted. And it's like, everybody's cool with it.
0: Or they say, what I novels? love you. Or they say, <laughs> I love
1: you. And then there's like this break. And then, you know, they both yeah. go take walks in the rain and they get back together. That yeah.
0: kind of thing. <laughs> so you're reading The Notebook or? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, not quite, but adjacent. Wait, Definitely. actually, adjacent. this
2: is maybe the only piece of like dating adjacent advice we have to share with listeners of a dating show, which is to read The Idea of You. Oh my God. Which is the most incredible romance novel. And it so it's about a woman in her late thirties, who's divorced, has a kid. I think she's 40. You just try keep trying to make her closer to your age. (laughs) She turns 40 at the end of the book. Remember when they're in Paris? Okay. okay, okay. (laughs) He gives her a bracelet. It's a whole thing. (laughs) Um, So her teenage daughter is obsessed with a boy band very loosely based on One Direction. And so they go backstage at a concert and the Harry Styles ish character falls in love with the mom, the, the 39-year-old mom. And so it's this whole whirlwind romance between a 19-year-old boy bander and this 39-year-old art gallery owner. And it's incredible.
0: Wow. And that... it's
2: not
1: like tacky, which no. so uh-huh. many... Shows. She
2: wears the Roe and Jason
1: Wu and they like stay at a meeting and eat a great And restaurant. they eat at all the right restaurants in LA. <laughs> it's like very chic. chic. Yeah.
0: yeah. I'm reading a book right now that I think... It's still, like, too soon to tell, but I think it's also going to be about um, a relationship with a big age gap. What's it Um, called? It's called All the Ugly and Beautiful Things. Okay.
2: Mm. Writing it down.
0: Write it down. Check it out. Check it out. Um, Okay. Someone asked how to ask for help from your partner with big stuff, not just chores. I don't really know what big stuff means, necessarily. Maybe, like, like, I need you to be... I don't know. What could you ask for help? That's not yours. I mean, I think
1: something that, especially during this time of, you know, being in really, really close quarters and not really leaving the house that much, um, I've had to get more comfortable with is being just really upfront about like, Hey, listen, I'm feeling really shitty this week. I'm like, really struggling with X, Y, and Z. And I need you to pick up these things that I usually do or these things that like I might take mm. care of or because I just like don't have the capacity right now to do it. Or even just like I need more from you um, than I usually right. do because of where my head is. So I need you to like stop working at like this time when you you, when you say you're going to or whatever so that we can hang out.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. What do you think, Claire? like what what is something you might ask for help with? I'm trying to
2: think. I mean, I definitely we definitely have the classic like me being a nag dynamic in the relationship of like, will you do this? Will you do that or whatever? You know, you're doing it the wrong way. Um, welcome mm-hmm. to being the parents of a toddler. I think when it's bigger stuff, I think trying to frame it as like you're the only person who could do this for me. You and like you have this special skill set when it comes to, helping me cope emotionally or whatever it is or helping me um you know like i'm thinking about you know maybe you're going into a social situation or a family situation where you know you're going to feel vulnerable or uh, you know want to be managing a bunch of personalities and so posing it as like you're the one person in my life who i know i can rely on to help me you know um not lose my shit on my mom or whatever it is. You know, I think giving that person that sense that like, you're not just asking them for help. You're like calling for support and they're the only one who can do it and giving with them some that flattery. Sense.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree. Every time I get my boyfriend to do something, the way I do it is I'm like, you are so smart with word games. Like <laughs> can you maybe help me with, it's yeah. like literally I'll throw out any compliment in the beginning. It might not even have to do with the task. Yeah. But, and he totally knows. He's like, I I see what you did. And um, yes, of course I'll help. (laughs) Um, Okay. So we do this really fun thing on our Instagram where we ask poll questions. And so I'm going to do some rapid fire poll questions for you guys. So it's like usually yes or no, but you'll, you'll pick on, you'll get onto it. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay. You attended your family, uh, your significant other's family cookout. And you saw them whispering into their sister's friend's ear twice. Um, you never met that person before. Do you have a right to feel weird or are you acting insecure? I
2: think you're acting insecure. Yeah, acting insecure.
0: Okay. Should you say I love you to significant other as soon as you know for sure or wait a bit?
1: Wait a bit. Yeah, wait till it feels right. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. At what point do you save their number? I like think back to when you were single in your phone immediately or once you know it'll be a thing? Immediately.
1: immediately. So many dumb numbers <laughs> in my phone. I don't know why I'm like keeping that space special. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I guess I, I would do like third date unless like I, I knew them before.
1: You can always delete it. I know. I'm
2: <laughs> like, how is this a thing? How are you keeping track otherwise? Yeah. No, so that's so complicated.
0: That's true. It, 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 it it's can not the Rosetta Stone.
1: You can remove it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. Is the relationship doomed if you've been uh, long distance for a year and there's no end in sight? Yes or no?
1: Ugh. It's ho- it's really hard to plan uh, to have a relationship with no end in sight. And I think it's like, it's, it's doomed if you don't both come together and figure out what the end in sight looks like. Or
0: yeah.
2: unless also you are just cool with it being long distance indefinitely, which, you know, in
0: pre-quarantine,
2: I think some people... Just or, have a yeah, yeah, yeah. style where you're like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. We'll see each other when we see each other.
0: Is it more superficial to care a lot about looks or about money?
2: Money. More superficial to care more.
0: Yeah. My, I don't know. Both change. Like you just can't rely on either. Yeah. Being around. Do you say, I love you with your significant other's family? Yes.
1: Sometimes they're not like that Feelingsy.
0: Okay. That's fair. You should think your significant other is a 10. True or false? Looks, what? Or just like 10 in general? A 10. Like whatever that means to you.
2: True. Yeah, true.
0: Okay. And um, <laughs> What do you think have, about that?
2: Do you disagree?
0: I, I think you should definitely think they're a yeah. 10. Yeah. And I have one last one for you. It might sound familiar. Do you think masks make people look deceptively <laughs> hotter than they are? Yes
1: i'm I'm not sure on this one yet. Um, <laughs> I think it makes certain people look deceptively hotter than they are if
0: mm-hmm. they have good mm-hmm. eyes
1: and bad yeah. and and weak jaws.
0: <laughs> uh, well, I agree. Um, you know, if they have like very stunning eyes, yeah. then definitely great eyebrows. Know, and- great eyebrows <laughs> it's um, been so
2: long since anybody's had their brows done that we can't count on that but it's
0: true but, it, but so what now you're you really it's what you really know it's real yeah, yeah. it's true yes yeah, so, so now you really know if someone has great brows exactly. like if they you know have naturally so ladies thank you so much for coming on the show thank you, you for having awesome us to talk to where it's can everyone different. find you and follow you and listen to you and read your book and everything
2: um sign up for our newsletter and subscribe to our podcast it's a at, you can do all of that at a thing or two HQ.com. Yeah. And then you can follow us at Claire Mazer
1: and Erica Cerullo on Instagram. And the book's called Work Wife. You can buy it where you buy books. Yep.
0: Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah.